Hello and welcome back to the Gold Podcast. It's Isabel here, back from the brink of illness. Not really, but I did have quite a nasty encounter with a winter flu. And I'm actually going to be taking over from Jay today and holding the reins for this episode. It's been a great week. Last week, we had the chance to attend not one but two conferences here in London. So that was the FT's Pharma and Biotech Summit and the Reuters Customer Engagement Event. Two really inspiring occasions where we got to meet lots of new faces and catch up with some familiar faces as well. So a really fantastic week for the team. But before I digress too much, today I'd like to share a really interesting conversation with you all. A couple of weeks ago, Jade caught up with Jamie Manzara Gomez, who is the EMEA Brand Director for Oncology at ESI, to talk about all things around the pace of innovation in oncology. So, as I mentioned, Jamie leads the oncology brand team for the EMEA region at ESI, where he's been for about three and a half years now, so a fair amount of time. But prior to that, he started his journey in the pharma industry as a trainee product manager in oncology at Roche, and he then went on to have a huge amount of different oncology marketing roles within the sector. Now, as will be clear from the conversation, he is incredibly passionate about improving treatment options for cancer patients. And in the interview, him and Jade really explore this topic, particularly from the innovation perspective, as I mentioned. So without further ado, let's listen in. Hi, Homer. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Gold Podcast. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. No problem. I hear you've been quite busy at ESMO. I hope you've had quite a, a good week full of innovation. That's something we're going to be speaking about today. So hopefully you're prepped and ready. Yes, actually, you're right. It was a busy week full of news and new data presented at ESMO. And actually, I, I kind of exhausted after one week <laughs> attending to many interesting sessions. Mm, definitely. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all the coverage from the conference. Sadly, I wasn't able to attend. But as I mentioned, today we're going to be speaking about innovation. I know that's something you're very interested in personally. The first question I wanted to ask you is about the pace of innovation. And obviously now we're in 2023, we've come along quite a way since the COVID-19 pandemic, where the world saw a lot of very rapid innovation out of necessity. Do you think the pace of innovation has slowed now that we're mostly moved on from this? Well, actually, I would say not. And as you said, and we said before, I'm just coming from ESMO 2023. And it's been amazing to see the results of a few real breakthrough therapies in different tumor types like lung cancer, endometrial cancer, or even in bladder cancer. And it is true that uh, during the pandemic, a huge amount of money uh, was mobilized from the public and the private uh, sector to invest and develop the vaccines that we currently have. Thanks God, we were able to deliver them in less than a year. However, that hasn't stopped the development of new therapies in other areas. And as I said, like, for example, the area where I work, that is oncology. I would say that uh, we have learned a lot from the difficult uh, times that we had to live. And nowadays, I think that we are even able to reach out more patients and to recruit them on trials even better than before. Thanks to the simplified uh, procedures that uh, were put in place at that time. Uh, so therefore, I would say that nowadays we can even make better decisions in R&D 
and we can maximize even more the resources that the industry has in the discovery phase for new drugs. So no, I cannot say that the, the, the innovation is uh, slowing down and actually I think that is uh, probably even going faster. Interesting. Yeah, I think, as you mentioned in the beginning, it, the necessity really paved the way for innovation. And I think it's great that the industry seems to be keeping up with that, like you say. So thank you for that. Now, looking sort of internally in your organization, I know you lead a team of oncology specialists there. How do you ensure that your team is always striving for innovation within your therapy area? There's obviously lots of new things happening in oncology, as you mentioned, but how do they always keep on top of that? Well, that's a very good question, and you're right, just uh, leading the area of uh, kidney cancer, at least in the EMEA region, in my organization, uh, requires uh, a lot of uh, effort to keep everybody, as you said, striving for innovation, because in oncology, innovation is something that is everywhere. So that's a very interesting question, and I guess that it's uh, all about how to keep people motivated. And I think on that side, there are three crucial factors that we should keep in mind. First of all, I think that we should encourage people to think out the box, to aim for working differently. I guess that if you always do the same, you cannot expect any different result. So you should let people try, let people make mistakes, and of course, ask them to learn and let them ask questions rather than just accepting by default to do what others tell them to do. Secondly, in my opinion, you need to define very clear objectives, challenging, uh, but at the same time, motivating. Setting a clear pathway uh, will help people to understand where we go and why. And that will help uh, all of them, I think, in my opinion, keep pushing for delivering, of course, in a kind of innovative way. And the third factor that, in my opinion, is uh, very important is freedom. I think that you need to let people do what they know to do. And as I said, they should have uh, challenging objectives, but at the same time, they should feel that they can uh, let their talent fly towards uh, achieving their objectives in a way that is fulfilling. I think that that will keep uh, people uh, motivation high. And of course, uh, no matter where area you are, I think that that will help everyone to keep uh, striving for innovation in oncology or in any, in any other uh, sector. Hmm, that's great. I love that. It's great to see that you're the sort of leader that lets people make mistakes. I know that that can sometimes keep a hold on innovation because people are a bit afraid to step out of line. But yeah, it's great to see that you're really fostering that environment for change. Yeah, I, I, seriously, I fully agree that actually uh, mistakes are a part of the journey. Uh, I don't know anyone <laughs> with the ability to not make a mistake. So I think that's uh, something that we should accept. Because only those uh, making mistakes are those that are trying. So, well, look, I, I really like people who try, whether it's uh, positive or negative. If you try and learn, probably the next, the next time you will try better. So that's something that any organization should foster. Definitely, definitely something to keep in mind. Um, so obviously... Striving for innovation is great, but sometimes the regulatory constraints, especially within an industry such as pharma, which has quite a few of these, can impact that. How do you see this in your organization? Do you think that these constraints impact the thirst for innovation? Well, that's a very good question, and indeed it's a difficult one because uh, it's completely out of our control. But clearly, we can try to collaborate with the authorities to understand their needs, and therefore we can try to adapt our objectives in a way that we help them to solve their problems. However, at the end, 
we cannot take decisions on their behalf. Uh, I think it's difficult to accept that the cost and the price is mainly driving the decisions in many countries when it comes to reimbursement. And at the end, uh, in the environment where we work, and mainly in Europe, we must accept that without reimbursement, at the end, uh, patient access is uh, limited. So I think that um, we must accept that any innovation should deliver a value, of course, and we need to improve whatever exists before. Otherwise, there's no benefit, and at the same time, competition doesn't make sense. I also believe that competition is quite important because that forces the system, and in this case, the healthcare system, to optimize their investment on health. And, and that will, at the same time, will uh, help not only the companies, but also the health system to improve the way how the investment is delivered. However, I would ask to the authorities uh, to consider factors beyond the standard ones and to approve new assets coming to the market, uh, considering the whole complete package of efficacy and safety. Just as, as an example, in oncology, we know that the main outcome and objective is always overall survival. However, it is well known the fact that in some tumor types, the bar is so high. So reaching a significant impact in overall survival requires a lot and long follow-ups in many cases. Therefore, I think that there are other outcomes that are important or even, in my opinion, probably even more relevant for the disease control that can be proven probably earlier, like overall response rate, progression-free survival, and also time to response or duration of response that, in, in, my, opinion, in my opinion, are not equally accepted, uh, accepted as uh, relevant for the, for the authorities. Just not uh, to approve any new indication or any new uh, product, but also to, to get reimbursement with an acceptable price for both pa parties, because at the end, this uh, must be a win-win for uh, any new uh, innovative drug. Therefore, if we don't get that and the process is delayed too much, at the end, that will delay also arrival to the market, slow down access to patients, and in the end, it uh, will slow down at, at the same time the R&D uh, race that at the end I think is the most important factor for innovation, keeping the, the race in R&D very high. Yeah, it's definitely something to keep in mind. It must be quite hard to balance that cost benefit with patient access in such a moving and shifting environment. I know the commercial model is always changing and evolving. How do you make sure that your teams are staying on top of that? Well, uh, good question. And I think that uh, I cannot reply before uh, in motivation and, and uh, asking your people to think out the box is uh, something very important. But in my opinion, what keeps uh, our teams motivated and continuously uh, they are looking for new solutions to reach out customers is uh, basically, uh, uh, I would say that the main uh, factor to do that is that we are fully focused on, on, on patients. We clearly prioritize them and also their cares. So well, we always try to ensure that even in very difficult uh, times and in a very competitive uh, environment, we all know that, uh, our doctors are very well informed of the benefits of our medicines. And in order to do that, we train and continuously train our teams on the best techniques 
and we also provide them the best uh, tools uh, to really use all the channels to ensure that the best, that they they can offer the best experience wherever the environment is uh, in order to maximize just not the impact but of course the benefits of any communication with uh, healthcare professionals and of course at the end we should be able to address any potential question coming from them at the end if a doctor is well informed and is aware of how to properly manage our medicines, we know and we truly believe that any patient will receive the medicines in a better way. And with that, the outcome and the benefits on the treatment of that disease will be the best. And well, that by default will facilitate any future engagement with customer. Uh, because actually they know that uh, our teams uh, provide useful information for them and helpful for their patients. So that's what we really want. And I think that's the reason why <clears throat> our teams are always on top, uh, even if uh, the environment is continuously changing and evolving very, very fast. Mm, yeah, it's great to hear. It's um, interesting as well that you mentioned that sort of two-way relationship between pharma and HCPs. It's really beneficial at the end of the day to really nurture that trust factor between you both. So yeah, it's great to hear. Thank you. Um, so thank you for sharing all of your insights with me today. I've got one final question for you. It's a bit of a mean one. <laughs> and it is, what motivates you to get out of bed in the morning? What's one thing that you think of when you think, oh, I can't wait to go and do this today. This is really going to change things for me. And what is one thing that can sometimes keep you up at night, just pondering what the answer might be? <laughs> well, you may, you may think that this is stupid or not, but I, I, I think that within the week, uh, there's only one thing that uh, makes me get out of the bed. That is a very good cup of coffee <laughs> or even two. I must admit that, that coffee is the best way to ensure that my brain starts uh, working well. Otherwise, uh, I may have a very important meeting, but if I'm <laughs> tired or I'm just uh, still sleeping, <laughs> there's nothing to do. However, uh, well, I think that uh, there, are, there are important meetings that, of course, you prepare them uh, a lot. You work uh, for the meeting and for the discussion, and, and of course, uh, that's always <clears throat> something that helps to get out of the bed. Uh, within the weekend is different. Uh, if you ask me on my personal life, I guess that uh, running on the mountains in the morning probably is the best experience and or at least what I like more. Just listening to the birds, breathe uh, and feel the fresh air from the forest. That uh, definitely motivates me to get out of the bed, even on the weekends. Regarding the second question, well, uh, that's good to keep you up in the night. I have to admit that in this case, that's very personal. I think that uh, we all uh, work in an environment that is very, very demanding and I also travel a lot. So to be very honest, I think that just having a good conversation with my girlfriend, just planning for the weekend, discussing any problem and setting our uh, daily life is pro what probably makes me feel that I have life beyond the work office. And at least in my case, that by itself is very fulfilling. Mm, definitely. It's great to have that sort of work-life balance, isn't it? To get in bed at night and think, oh, I don't have to think about work anymore. That's it. No more thoughts of oncology. I can just sit here and chat with my partner. Do you go running on the mountains together? Uh, well, actually not <laughs> because uh, <laughs> uh, she, she does have uh, other, other kind of uh, hobbies. Uh, she also likes sport, but uh, I guess that running is something very personal. 
there are runners and others that are not runners. That's the way how I classify people. <laughs> I belong to the first uh, group, but I know that there are other people with interest in other areas. And I don't, I don't force anyone <laughs> to follow my, my hobbies. It's, uh, I know that can be painful, actually. I definitely fall in the second group. I am not a runner at all, but <laughs> sounds very peaceful though. So maybe you've inspired me to go out and hear the birds in the morning. You can try. You are more than welcome. Great. Thank you so much for joining me today, Homer. It's been an amazing chat and I really hope you have a nice relaxing weekend on the mountain. Thank you very much. Well, I think Jamie's passion for oncology really shined through throughout that episode. It's clear he doesn't expect the pace of change to slow down anytime soon, which is really fantastic news for patients fundamentally, but for the wider industry as well. And Ari, what they were talking about at the end there, I'm definitely going to have to put myself in the first group as a not-so-distant past runner but I have to say now the winter's joining in I will be hanging up my running shoes until a more appropriate season comes back to us but that's it for this week be sure to tune in next week we've got not one but two interviews coming up one of which is going to be an exclusive teaser for our latest catalyst interview which is with a very senior leader in hematology from Roche that's all I'm going to say for now but it's not one to be missed look out for it then take care and goodbye for now